Greetings and facilitations to all ladies, gentlemen, Imston, and the broad spectrum between and beyond. You're listening to Voice of the Via, Minharis' foremost EtherWave program coming to you on all Crown licensed and approved EtherWave receivers. Covering news and entertainment, Voice of the Via brings you the lore and the data, from Farstone to Petra, Kvark to Litho, from the crater floor to the top of the Minher itself, and to every skiff sailing across the lay. Welcome, friends, welcome. As always, I am privileged to be your host, Marsh Patel. On today's program, we'll be interviewing a very special guest, the newly elected Crown Regent, Knight Commander Narina Senarel. We'll be talking about everything from her short but illustrious career as a knight to dealing with her vocal detractors, as well as her plans for Minhera's future. That and more, coming up. But first, this capitalist message. Friends, the world moves at such a sharp clip these days. How in the Minher shade is a person supposed to keep up with all the comings and goings in Minharis and her neighboring nations? Well, folks, I have good news for you. Get yourself one of Mdele Mbembe's Etherwave transceivers and let it bring the world to you. Lord Mbembe himself has brought the most advanced Valuthian engineering into your home so you can listen at your leisure to wavecasts that run the gamut from sporting news to the latest palace scuttlebutt, from rollicking adventures to saucy romances. Whether you need to stay informed or you just want to be diverted from even the longest, most difficult workdays, you can find it all on the Etherwaves, and Mdeli Mbembe's Etherwave transceivers can bring it all to you. And remember, folks, Mbembe transceivers use no arcane parts, so they are 100% crown-approved, and that means no early-hour ranger visits. So you can rest easy and enjoy everything the Etherwaves have to offer. Mdeli Mbembe's Etherwave transceivers. From only 65 silver, wherever fine-grade electron implements are sold. Now, the voice of the Vaya brings you the Crown News. Our top story, there's still no sign of the Vaya, now missing for an estimated four months, despite the combined valiant efforts of the Knights, the Rangers, and even the Order to locate our beloved Sovereign and bring her home safe and sound. Hopeful subjects believe her to be at least alive and aware wherever she may be, due to the continued dormancy of Mount Nevis. Historically, it is the Vaya's continued commune with the volcano that keeps it from potentially devastating activity. No lead is being left unchased, friends, so if anyone within the sound of this program has any information that might lead to the return of the Vaya to her rightful throne, please inform the nearest member of the Crown without a second's delay. The first week of newly elected Crown Regent Senarel's transition into temporary power ended smoothly, despite a number of peaceful protests on the part of some concerned citizens. The Crown released an official statement that supported its citizens' rights to have their voices heard, so long as the gatherings remain civil. Some protests became heated in Lower Farstone yesterday, resulting in insults and minor scuffles on both sides, but the Knights and Constabulary stepped in to defuse the situation without the need for any arrests. And in the midst of this minor unrest, the Crown Ranger's new commander, Pierre Thrawn, took the oath of his office yesterday in a small ceremony that was nonetheless attended by some of the highest-ranking members of the Crown Council. The highly decorated veteran ranger had this to say when asked for a comment. I do feel as though, even with the situation currently plaguing Minheras, that we can all rally together and move forward to a period of great prosperity. We wish the new commander the best of fortune in these uncertain times. A number of hostile wildlife sightings have been reported around Litho. Citizens traveling the area are advised to do so only if necessary, and with extreme caution. 
Dangerous creature sightings in that area have been on the rise lately, and a member of a local amateur militia spoke recently with one of our correspondents. We've had some acrid and uh, cave racks. It might be just because of lots of travellers here in Litho. Try to begin before dusk. Don't go anywhere alone. Mostly just watch out for yourself, and if you see anything, let somebody like myself know. The Twin Guard are asking that any and all sightings be reported immediately. An accident at an order camp has resulted in a gaseous lay leak near Sirens Lake, with only minor injuries being reported at this time. Details are forthcoming, but a member of the order who refused to identify themselves said the following. Truly tragic, whatever happened. Gas leak or something. Well wishes to everyone hurt. What are we done here? Lake residents as well as those downwind as far as Litho are encouraged to stay indoors until the leak can be fully contained. In science, Dr. Harrington Grex reports that he has achieved success with his experiments to integrate EtherWave with Traveler media recorders. Now travelers themselves can enjoy the voice of the via Ethercasts on their own electron devices. So a big hello and welcome to all our new listeners from distant worlds. And finally, in Kvark, the Kindred Home has received a new roof courtesy of an anonymous donor, bringing smiles to the faces of the orphans and widows who rely on the home for much-needed support. Listeners might recall that the roof was damaged during spring storms that buffeted the crater several weeks ago, leaving the residents to crowd into local temples and public houses until help recently arrived in the form of a sizable donation, reportedly all in gold. Workers reported that they were hired by a man they declined to name, but rumors suggest the money may have come from a well-known stone-seeker crew. Nice to see folks looking out for the less fortunate. That's the news, friends. Tune in tomorrow to stay current on all the latest happenings in our great nation. And now, friends and neighbors, it's time for our daily chat with my good friend and your favorite capitalist entrepreneur, Mr. Montague Magleby. How is life treating you, Monty? Greetings, friends, and welcome to Monty's Moment. I am, of course, the one and only Montague Magleby, owner and proprietor of the Magnificent Emporium. In light of the virus disappearance, I thought it appropriate to discuss safety precautions one could take to ensure the protection of yourself and your family. First and foremost, use the buddy system. Now I can hear a few of you shouting to your aether wave, but Monty, what does that even mean? Fear not, dear listener, for I shall explain. The buddy system is a practice where you travel in pairs with another person, a buddy, if you will. This has many benefits, the most obvious being you now have someone to help you outnumber your would-be assailant. This is good and all, but I feel we can do better. But Monty, I hear you shout once more. What on terror could be better than having a buddy? Oh, my sweet, sweet listener. Two people are great, yes, but two armed people are better. Imagine the look on your assailant's face when they realize the mistake they've made as you and your buddy brandish a steel short sword and hand axe that you picked up at the Magnificent Emporium not but moments ago. But Monty, I hear you shout yet again. I do not know how to use those weapons. <laughs> to that I say, never fear, my dear, dear listener, for you can receive training at the Montague Magleby's training arena in Litho. For a very affordable price of six silver a day, you will be protecting your loved ones in no time. Well, that's all the time we have for today, my friends. Make sure you stop by my magnificent emporium for all of your weapon needs. And while you're there, why not see what other exciting items we have in stock? You never know what you'll discover. 
Until next time, stay safe, Min Harris. Always good to hear from you, Monty. The preceding Capitalist message was brought to you through the generous sponsorship of Montague Magleby, who was solely responsible for its content. So put down the quill, Miss Henry. We already know how you feel. And now, friends, we turn your attention to our special in-studio interview. Some of the words that have been used to describe our guest have been loyal, brave, valiant, trustworthy. Her most vocal detractors have described her as brash, inexperienced, and even incompetent. Either way, there's no shortage of opinions about today's special guest. Friends and neighbors, please join me in welcoming none other than the recently elected Crown Regent, Commander Narina Senarel. Thanks for being with us, Commander. Or should I call you Regent? Regent is the correct title, though I have heard the nickname Commanding Regent, and I have to admit I'm getting quite attached to that one. Tell us about yourself. What makes Narina Senarel who she is? Well, I was born and raised in Farstone. Loving parents, a couple of siblings. We grew up with good, hardworking values and morals. We were taught to put 100% into everything we did, and that has followed me for the entirety of my career. You have a distinguished and decorated career as a Knight of the Crown. Would you call yourself an overachiever? <laughs> I suppose overachiever is a good description for myself. I think of it more as doing a lot of work, putting in a lot of energy to do multiple projects to ensure the betterment of Minharis and the people that live in it. There are a lot of firsts attached to your appointment as Crown Regent. First female Crown Regent, first Knight Commander to hold the position, and first Regent to receive their position by being voted in by the Crown Council. What sort of expectations do you think that places on you? A considerable amount, especially given the weight of being Crown Regent. I imagine many people will have an expectation for me to have all the answers when questions arise, to always have composure when things become stressful. I am far from perfect, so I cannot promise such things. But what I can promise is, despite my imperfections, I will do everything I can to live up to the expectations that the people have of me. Some are saying that you are too young to make an effective crown regent, and that you lack the experience necessary to lead Minharis. They cite your inability to locate the missing via herself as proof of that. How do you respond to such people? When one of these critics can find via Eliana themselves, then they can come talk to me and we can have a discussion about my inability to find her. Until then, however, I don't think anyone has any right to say what we are or aren't doing in looking for our missing leader. However, on a more serious note, the Council, in tandem with the Via, has led Harris very well for centuries, and I don't see any reason for that to stop now. The Crown Council voted me in, and so, with their support, we will continue to manage the nation against all threats that face it. Do those threats include the so-called travelers, the people reportedly from other worlds who have recently found their way to Harris? We do not currently see the travelers as a direct threat, though we are keeping a close eye on them. There have been some that have proven problematic, but they do not seem to be a unified force. Many of them do not seem to come from the same world. What plans do you have in place for the future of Minharis now that you hold the reins to the nation? We are currently still investigating the missing via. We have no intentions of ceasing. However, we cannot simply press pause on the movements of the nation and its people. We have to continue some of the plans that were set in motion. Some of those include expanding the Zephyr system into the Ladies' Belt. That is also continuing. Increasing accessibility of education opportunities for Minharans and other things will continue to be worked on. And Minharan dignitaries continue their work in Kinsai, 
That will not stop, not even when we find her. Luckily, I can say from personal experience, military operations remain quite strong. Thank you so much for your time. Any parting words for our eager audience? As a matter of fact, I do. I know that you all love Minharis as much as I do. And I know a lot of you feel as if you are not being heard by our current government. If that is the case, please speak to your council representatives. They want to know what you're thinking so they can pass it on to the council. Your voice matters, and when your voice is heard, it will make great things happen in Minharis. Get involved with the community, help your neighbors, make sure that everyone is doing well in this troubling, unprecedented time, and never, ever lose hope. There you have her, citizens, Crown Regent Narina Sanarel. And now, folks, a special message from the Twin Guard, the Knights and Rangers of the Crown. What does a member of the Twin Guard look like? They look like mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, aunts and uncles, honest, hard-working men and women, the backbone of Minharis. These are dangerous times. Fearsome creatures invade our cities, towns, farms, and settlements. Sham monster hunters roam the crater-side, preying on simple folks, giving them nothing but smoke, mirrors, and empty promises. Strange visitors from different worlds find themselves in our own. Who will protect you and those you love? The Knights and Rangers of the Crown stand ready. So the next time you ask, what does a member of the Twin Guard look like, just remember, they look like you. Join us. Contact your local recruiter today. The preceding was a public service announcement brought to you by the Rangers of the Crown, in case you might have missed that part. And now for another capitalist message. Neighbors, aside from your loyalty to the Crown and your fellow Minharans, the most important thing you can have is your health. We've all felt a little off our game every now and then, but next time you find yourself under the weather with rag ear or ram's bladder, or the intense embarrassment that can only come from a case of the gorm, don't despair. Hobble on down to Madame Husselheim's Fine Potions and Elixirs, just north of Town Square in Farstone. For 43 years, Madame Husselheim has been Farstone's go-to potioner, and she brings the full weight of that experience to bear for you. While you wait, Madame Husselheim will mix up one of her famous poultices or renowned tinctures to relieve that burning itch in mere minutes. Looking for a little extra muscle power at work? For a mere seven silver, Madame Husselheim's incredible draft horse draft will have you doing the work of three. Looking for the healthiest tobaccos in all of the crater? Madame Husselheim's full selection of medicinally infused cigars has got you covered. Need a little extra help in the bedroom? Well, look somewhere else, you filthy depraved animal. Madame Husselheim is a respectable family physician, unlike some of those slick fly-by-night apothecaries she could mention. So remember, friends, Madame Husselheim's fine potions and elixirs. Wherever someone is feeling terrible, Madame Husselheim is there. It's time, my friends, for everyone's favorite segment, the classified bulletins. Cameron Cole of Billing Steps has nine cartloads of shale tree wood he is looking to sell. Will sell individual cartloads, but would prefer to sell the lot. 15 silver per cart, or one gold, 20 silver takes it all. Here's a personal one. Ken, after what you did, I wouldn't kiss you with stolen lips. EA. Well, glad to see they're not bitter about it. Jadis the Oak will be taking on all comers, bare knuckles only, at the Drunken Ked Tavern in Litho. Ten silver buy-in gets you twenty if you win. Hmm, that's a pretty big if. 
The Stone Seeker skiff, the Rusty Pelican, is paying a shiny gold piece for anyone with information on the whereabouts of her first mate, Skeever Wadlow, last seen in Farstone 18 days ago. Let's hope for a happy ending on that one, friends. Another personal. AC, we are watching you. You have 13 days to make your peace. WG. Mrs. Solda Payne's cat, Cheddar Biscuit, has given birth to 11 kittens. Gracious, that poor cat. And she's looking for homes for them. To adopt one, please inquire at Llewellyn's Bordello in Litho. Oh, kittens at a cat house. I see what you did there. Another personal. To the lanky, freckled fellow who lost his blue top hat on the North Sirith Zephyr on Monday. I never got your name, but I like your accent, and I think you're cute. I'll be at Miss Paisley's Tooth and Brush all day next Tuesday if you'd like to meet again. To Marsh Patel, host of the Voice of the Via Ethercast. I believe I may be in love with you. <clears throat> yes, well, uh, while I appreciate the sentiment, probably not appropriate to read that one right now. <clears throat> Help wanted. 20 silver today workers at Vias Drop Vineyard in Olvera. Must be able to work from dawn till dusk. Owls speak easy in Olvera. That's rather cryptic. Or maybe it's an ad for a secret club in Olvera. Hmm. Anyway, that's all our classified bulletins, friends. Tune in tomorrow for more, but until then, if you'd like to post a classified bulletin, send it along with two silver to Voice of the Via, care of Minharis Morning Media. And now it is once again time for today's episode of the thrilling adventures of Sephira Starling. time on the thrilling adventures of Safira Starling, we left our heroes in Farstone, in the criminal clutches of the dreaded deviant Harlan Nightshade. The villain is on his way to attack the central zipper station, but first, Safira will have to figure out how to avoid being burned alive. What we do, Safira? We have to stop Mr. Nightshade, but he's locked all the doors. Indeed, Harley, my dear. It would seem we will have to find some other means of egress. But there's no windows. How are we supposed to get out before we're burned to ash? Oh, burning to ash is the least of our concerns. See those beakers? The hotter they grow, the more the solutions inside will turn to vapour. We'll perish from the noxious fumes long before we burn. Now, come along. With fire dancing across the tables and consuming all chemical supplies in coloured gouts of flame, Safira Starling strides confidently deeper into the madman's laboratory, cool as ever. What were you looking for, Safira? Why, the exit, my dear. What exit? The doors are back that way. I'm sure we could get one off the hinges if we tried. That would take far too long, Arlie. No, we're heading for the other exit. Do you remember the body we saw while we were snooping around last night? Yeah, the missing ticket clerk. Well, it appears our friend the ticket clerk is missing once again. Harley looks around and discovers she's right. The body is nowhere to be seen. Safira leads them to a pair of large cabinets on the wall as the freckled young person watches her in awe. We didn't see anyone leave since our investigation last night, so they couldn't have carried the body out. So where could he have gone? Safira opens the first cabinet to reveal empty beakers and vials. She slams it and moves on to the next. Smoke clouds the ceiling and heat washes over our heroes as the flames close in. Maybe they done chopped him into little bits or something? Perhaps, but I find it unlikely Nightshade would have had the time given the rest of his preparations. No, if my hunch is correct, there must be another way out of this laboratory. 
The second cabinet is empty, except for a single shelf of books. Safira grins with a triumphant, cunning smile and runs her hands over the book spines. Ah, perfect. Let's see. Aha! She finds a book in the middle that doesn't budge when she pushes its spine. Placing her gloved fingers atop the book, she pulls it down with a satisfying click. The book is a secret lever. The lower portion of shells falls forward, revealing a metal chute that descends into the wall. Exactly as I thought. A disposal chute. Blimey! You never cease to amaze me, Safira. It will be time for praises later, Arlie. We've got a criminal to catch. After you. Arlie jumps into the chute without question, their red curls quickly disappearing from sight as they slide to freedom. Our heroine hikes up her skirt, folding it between her legs so as not to catch on anything, and heaves herself after them. The two emerge into the light of day in a back alley, landing roughly on the cobbles. Dropping her skirt, Safira races for the street with a fire in her step and waves down a carriage. Greetings, kind sir. Get us to the Zephyr station as quick as possible, and I have six silvers with your name on it. We've got a train to catch. Will our heroes manage to get to the Zephyr station in time to stop Nightshade from releasing his toxic concoction on the public? Tune in next time for the thrilling adventures of Safira Starling. And now, another capitalist message. Let's face it, folks. None of us are getting any younger. How many of us look in the mirror and where once there was a strapping young gal or a lithe, dainty lad, there's now, well, the opposite of that. Hair thins, chins multiply, things droop which ought not droop, and the only good news is that your eyesight starts to fade as well, so you can't see what a wreck you're on your way to becoming. But just as we're ready to raise the white flag, here comes none other than Apothecarius Lindstrom, telling you to keep your chins up, friends. Yes, Apothecarius Lindstrom has just what you need to go from a sway-backed old cart horse to a frisky filly or a gambling colt, and in far less time than you think. You see, folks, not long ago, Apothecarius Lindstrom had a dream, a vision, if you will, that Menherans didn't have to be doomed to stumbling slowly into impotent senility. He saw that, given proper care and balance through the devoted application of alchemic science, he could see to it that for a modest handful of silver, you, yes, even you, could stride on knees that don't creak and complain like an old wooden gate, but bear you proudly, boldly, into the future. And make no mistake, true health and happiness lies in that future, not in the musty old potion and elixir shops of the past. Don't settle for the same old tinctures and infusions that your grandparents used to buy from old hedge witches. It's time for a new health, a new you, a new way. The Apothecarius Lindstrom way. Next, we have another paid segment. Enjoy, friends. Greetings, folks. Welcome to Carl's Fact Battles. The Crown is trying to tell us that the Via is missing, but I've got news for you folks. The Via is not missing. She could be right beside you. The Via was taught by the best magicians and spies that your tax money could buy. She's not gone, she's in disguise, folks. I mean, come on, it's as plain as the nose on your face. She's probably walking around as some ranger or knight, and we would never know. The Via's in disguise so she can mingle with the common folks and get close enough to read our minds. That's just science, folks. It's time to wake up. The Order is putting potions in the water to turn all the acrids gay. I mean... That's probably not a bad thing because it keeps them from multiplying, but that's not the point. 
The only way you can keep the Vaya from reading your mind disguised as a gay acrid is to buy my dietary supplements and fortify your mind from the inside. Our powdered potions mean all you have to do is add water and then pour it into a convenient orifice and you too will be protected from the crown clandestinely draining the precious bodily fluids that you rely on for bodily fluid related activities. Only 15 silvers to protect you for a full week from the invisible maggots that emit frequencies via carefully controlled flatulence to weaken your internal aura. Don't be the victim of fart maggots, folks. Available at apothecaries and potioners everywhere. And now that's all the time they are giving us, so tune in again for more of Carl's Fact Battles, where we go to war with the truth. And now it's time for our most popular segment, Tales from the Quill, where we bring you the finest in Menharan culture, courtesy of the Vaya's own laureates. Today's tribute to the creative Menharan spirit is a poem, a recent work from an unattributed bard, rumored to have been a commission for a lovelorn Menharan. I suppose they know who they are. Please enjoy Through Your Eyes. The world through your eyes must be a wondrous sight. To see through one's lies, to see Lay's shimmering light. The world through your ears must be a true pleasure. To hear a heart's beating fears, to listen to a bard's treasure. The world with you, however, would be most grand. I could be your tether, and never have a day bland. We could see the world anew. We could listen to the air's song. Us against the sky's blue at the breaking of dawn. The world matters not to me when the day is through. From mountaintops to seas, my world is you. That was Through Your Eyes by a member of our very own laureates. We don't know who wrote this one, friends, but make sure to give a few copper to the nearest laureate to make sure Menharan culture continues to thrive and grow. And now, folks, the time has come to bid you a fond farewell. As always, I have been your humble host, Marsh Patel. So until tomorrow, when we bring you once again the best and the brightest that Menharis has to offer, we leave you with these words to ponder. Social anxiety means sometimes you throw a party and worry that everyone will show up. Be well, friends. This is Voice of the Vaya, signing off. Voice of the Vaya is a production of Minharis Morning Media, a wholly owned sub-transactionary concern of Welkin Vale, all rights reserved. This episode produced by Tan Clark, Caleb Berger, and Ashley Downs. Copyright the year 2021.